Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Jim Krenz, and he's a magician. Also a Mac geek, an app nerd, a writer, and uh, <laughs> super into some really nerdy stuff. How's it going, Jim? Excellent, Brett. How are you? I, I am I am good. Uh, this is what second or third perfect six? I've heard third perfect six. So you're basically here to talk about like the coolest things to you right now. Excellent. Because because I love cool things. I, I I'm picking <laughs> up on that. Like you have some really cool domain names. Not all of them have been fleshed out yet as far as websites. True. But you have. Uh, it's technically, but with the tech at the end, so it's nickly.tech. Yes. Nickly.tech. Um, that's that's one that, that I wanted to put up when I get really technical about Mac stuff, whether it be applications or what the culture is about. Um, I used to go to Mac World way back in the day when we actually had to go to a physical convention to find out about the new <laughs> stuff. And um, so technically, or nickly.tech was where I'm going to put stuff there just haven't had the time to put the content up yet and then you do have a more active one called maestro macros yes well that brings me to my first pick actually Um, yeah well let's let's pause on that for one second sure um because i have to say your other super awesome domain name is redundant redundant.com indeed indeed (laughs) and and there's not a lot there yet um true that's another one that I that's what I want to use for personal opinions that way. So if people are interested in the tech stuff, they go to the technically site. And then if they're interested in personal opinions or just like a blog, that will be redundant, redundant.com. Awesome. And then the main one, I think, for you would be magicnexus.com. Well, that's business related. Yes, sure. <laughs> yeah. The business. Yeah, of magic. The, the magic nexus is uh, basically I create and perform my own magic tricks. And it's been successful enough to me that magicians actually contact me and have me lecture to them where I will get up, fool them with the trick that I've created, afterwards explain it, and then, of course, to teach it to them in a lecture is what I do, but often people don't remember. If you teach them, let's say, six or seven complicated routines over a two-hour period, they may not, not remember everything. So if people want to learn my tricks, they then go to magicnexus.com and purchase them individually. And there's uh, available as PDFs, you know, like as lecture notes. So you're like a professional magician. Correct. Wow. I guess, I guess anytime someone says I'm a magician, I assume it's a hobby. Well, look at some of the famous magicians throughout history, not the least of which would be a guy that you know, became famous when there was no TV, no internet, and virtually, you know, nothing other than newspapers and maybe some radio, Harry Houdini. Yeah. Um, he made a living with it. And we have David Copperfield and David Blaine. And, oh, sure, and sure. There's a ton of guys out there in other countries, too. Um, each country seems to have their own, you know, big-time magician. And then there's a lot of magicians out there that just get, you know, money from performing. Um, there's some that will get money from teaching. And of course there's some that uh, write their own books and it's a whole cottage industry. If you, if you're not into it, you wouldn't be aware of it, but in its, in and of itself, it's huge as a cottage industry. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not demeaning the profession. I just, (laughs) it's just in my life, I've never met anyone who actually was 
doing it professionally. I know they oh. exist. I just, it's my first time to talk to someone. Well, very cool. If you have any questions in that regard, jump in. Did you ever, <laughs> uh, there was a systematic uh, way back on the five by five days, um, with, uh, Victor Agreda Jr. Agreda. I don't recall that one. I, I've known the guy for years and I always forget how to say his last name, but anyway, he, he, at that point in his life, uh, was, uh, the editor of the unofficial Apple weblog and also into what he called magic. It was like comedy mixed with magic. Magic and comedy. He had a, he had a, uh, a portmanteau of the two. Comagician. I don't remember. Sure. It's Prob- been a probably while. something he just made up and used for himself. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, cool. it, it was fun. And but Good. for him it was definitely uh it was a side job. Anyway, sure. okay. So our top three picks. Let's get back around to uh your first pick. Okay. Well, given that one of the sites mentioned it, it, it sort of has, has exposed it, I'll I'll jump with him with that one first. Um I'm a huge fan of Mac utilities. In fact, I, I often use too many of the Mac utilities. And I went through a process of what I call, rather than call it minimalism, because I think that approaches uh, this from a wrong perspective, I guess, is the way, what I want to say. I use a, a term called frictionless. Um, I try to get my use of utilities to be frictionless, where in other words, I don't feel bad that I'm using too many utilities or have too many running in the background, eating up too many CPU cycles, you know, using too much RAM. So um, I've basically narrowed down to one major utility that I use all the time, and that's Keyboard Maestro, which is an amazing utility. Um, It basically allows you to do all sorts of things in an automated fashion at a simple keystroke. Um, But it also does other things. For example, it will watch what you type, much in the way that uh, Typeinator or uh, any of the uh, the text replacement utilities will do, and replace something. So for example, if I type in the, the appropriate two or three letters, it will then spit out my email address, which uh, is really useful. And then I don't have to run a text replacement utility. I can just use Keyboard Maestro. Um, keyboard Maestro also has its own keyboard history uh, built in, so I don't have to use a, a clipboard utility. And it works with things like AppleScript and JavaScript for automation. So, for example, you can set up uh, – I have one very simple uh, macro where I have um, F1 – will open up Safari. It will position the Safari window in exactly the right position, and it will open up the three tabs that I like opened up the most often um, as starting tabs to browse, all with a single keystroke. So I hit F1, and it opens up Safari. It opens up those three tabs, opens up those three websites. And then if I hit F1 again, it causes Safari to hide. So I don't even need a second keystroke to toggle the visibility of Safari. All of that is just one macro inside of Keyboard uh, Maestro. Um, and by condensing all of my stuff, all of my text replacements, clipboard history, um, various, you know, Apple script and JavaScript macros into Keyboard Maestro, I don't have to run virtually any other utility. So I, uh, I resisted. Well, not resisted. I, I, I was running a bunch of utilities that were covering all those bases for me while uh, some of my favorite nerds were talking incessantly about keyboard maestro. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until last year that I finally, like it clicked for me. It mm-hmm. was when I was, cause I bought it 
like years ago and I have upgraded it every time, but I wasn't like, it just did not become part of my workflow until I saw the release notes for one upgrade and he added MIDI keyboard triggers. Yes. And for me, like I have keyboards all over the place Mm. and various input devices that are MIDI compatible. And I, I was like, okay, I have to play with this. And in the process of playing with it, I found the, uh, the regex match for typing. So Mm. you can give it like a pattern, anything that happens in this pattern, which was instantly useful for uh, task paper, Mm -hmm. which I think we're going to get to. But indeed, if I type an at symbol followed by any alpha alphanumeric characters, and then a pair of parentheses, I can have it operate on the parentheses based on what the alphanumeric characters were. Uh, so then nice. I can add like data to a tag. And then like I have one that if I type at do parenthesis tomorrow parenthesis after I type the second parenthesis, it translates tomorrow into the actual date for the next day. Very so, cool. Yeah. Like that stuff, it is absolutely uh, uh, indispensable utility for me these days. Yep. Well, I, I've been a fan of, uh, you know, keyboard macro utilities forever. I mean, it, I've, if I recall correctly, the first one I ever found was called Quick Keys yep. um, back in the day. And I just fell in love with it. And you know, I started trying to use it. And then Quick Keys at the time and Quicksilver and other ones that, you know, tried to, to sneak into that market, they never really did everything. And when I found Keyboard Maestro and, uh, you know, back in I think it was version one, um, when, when Gus was making it, um, it was really, really well done. And he understands how to get commands done in Unix, but with a GUI interface so that, you know, people who aren't heavy into the, the tech side of, of, you know, application programming can figure it out. And the other reason why I like Keyboard Maestro, aside from its versatility, is they've got an amazing forum. Um, it's run on a forum software called Discourse, and you can go in there and, you know, for example, if you've got a question about regex, which, you, you know, a lot of people don't really, you know, grok that terribly well, you can go in there and say, hey, I need this help with this macro and regex, or I need to help with this uh, Apple script or this JavaScript or whatever. And you've got a bunch of users in there that love this application. They, they use this utility all the time. They will jump in and help you at a moment's notice. And Peter, the guy, the new guy who's taken over, uh, you know, the uh, programming of the applic- of the utility, Peter Lewis, he comes in and helps also. So if it's it's nice to have a community to back up something that's so powerful. Yeah, I the community is what makes any of these nerdier apps. Um, I, I think back to like TextMate and Alan Odgard's like just constant. Mm-hmm. Every day he was in there helping people figure out how to do things that were absolutely not his responsibility. Like yep. he made the text editor, and someone wanted to do something completely insane with it. And he'd work Mm -hmm. with them on it. So, yeah, like those communities for all of the major tools from like Launch Bar to Text Expander to Keyboard Maestro, um, Mm -hmm. those those communities ensure the longevity of an app. People will avoid installing an app. Nerds will avoid installing an app if they don't see a vibrant community around it. Indeed. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. So... Basically, I'll reference also the, the website Maestro Macros, which is my site. Um, one of the, the shortcomings I saw with Keyboard Maestro back in the day was they were running it off of a Yahoo group before they moved it to Discourse. 
And so I made the website with the premise that it would make it easier to find macros that you like. And sure. m- my intention was to make it uh, easy for someone who has no knowledge of macros to just go on there and say, oh, I like that, download it and install it. Now they're doing that on the forum with discourse, um, but it's also it's difficult to find stuff because what will happen is it's a forum and someone will post a macro and then 10 com- or 10 posts later, that macro has you know, been buried into the forum. So that's the purpose of my website is that when you, you find a particular macro that you want, it's there on the front page or very easy to, to find using the menus. Yeah. So nice. That, that, that sums up my pick. Awesome. So I'll admit that my three picks pretty much all came from other people today. Fair enough. <laughs> but the, uh, the Slack community has been very helpful when I run dry on picks. And my mm-hmm. first pick is something that I am absolutely going to buy. I did not even realize it existed until Dave McDonald pointed it out. It is the Canopy from Studio Neat. Uh, it's a keyboard hmm. case and iPad stand. So basically, with the latest version of the Apple Magic Keyboard, yes, uh, it, it is a case for just the keyboard, and it folds out the way that like the smart covers do for the iPad. Cool. So then it creates the kind of uh, peak behind the keyboard, and you can slip uh, an iPad or an iPhone into that and nice. use it as the wireless keyboard. I far prefer well, that to any of the keyboard cases i've purchased previously sure and and that keyboard is a beautiful uh thin light keyboard but it's not really portable unless you have a case for it so this sounds really good yeah agreed Excellent. so that's my pick <laughs> cool so well um i'll jump into my second pick then my, my second pick is the task management application that i've been using for a while um, back in the day, I tried using all sorts of applications for managing tasks. Um, I was originally trying a spreadsheet and then uh, found out that these guys came up with some scripts to make it better for tracking things down. And then that eventually turned into this application called OmniFocus, which I liked for a while, but then I felt like it was always in control. I had to follow its rules. I had to put my tasks in, in a per- particular way, and it didn't, it didn't work for me. And I found other ones, like there's one called Things, nicer ui but didn't didn't do what i wanted uh the hit list was another one it's again they're nice they're well designed but they didn't you know mark off the things i wanted in a task manager and then i found a application called task paper and task paper on its surface looks like a text editor so if you understand a text editor, which most you know people that work in computer, computers, that's the first thing you try, you understand task paper almost immediately. But it's been designed as a text editor that has all sorts of functionality built into it specifically to resort your tasks or to focus in on a particular project. And it's really simple to, to grasp. You don't have to learn a particular system to use it. It just, you understand the following things. If you want to make a project, you write whatever you want in the task or in the text editor and you put a colon at the end of the line. If you want to make something into a task, you start with a dash and a space and then whatever you type after that becomes your task. And then if something doesn't have a colon or a, dot, a dash and a space at the beginning, it becomes a note. And those are the three things in there. And it works like an outliner. Basically, you're, you're using tabs to you know, indent tasks underneath projects. You can tag things, which would include a little at symbol. So, for example, 
let's say I'm going to be, be doing phone calls today and I've got six projects and there's a phone call for each project. So I'll put at call Brett or at call Steve or at call Larry uh, for each of those projects. And then if I click on the tag, it will then resort or re redisplay this, the screen and just show me the three calls I need to make that were tagged with at call. And that way, when I pick up my phone, I can do one, do two, and do three. I'm batching my tasks together, which makes me more efficient. And for me, task paper is amazing. Um, anytime I figure out uh, a functionality or a piece of um, uh, design that's not there, there's ways that you can use AppleScript or JavaScript to make task paper jump through hoops. Yeah. So for, exa for example, um, one of the things that I found that was challenging for me when I have, let's say, 200 uh, items in 200 tasks in task paper, and let's say there's a dozen projects where those tasks are, you know, distributed into. And part of the problem is you start the day and you wonder, what am I going to work on first? And so this this had me uh, stumped for a while. You know, you look at a long task list. What do you approach first? And I did some research and found out that Dwight D. Eisenhower had come up with a very simple two-question analysis on what, uh, on how to figure out what to do on a, a, any given day. So what you do is you look at any project or task and you decide two things. Is it important or not? And does it have a due date or not? Uh, you know, so he, I think back in the day, instead of saying due date, he said, is it urgent or not? So it's very quick and very easy to decide with any project or any task. Is it important? Yes or no? Very quick. And the second is, does it have a due date or is it urgent? Is it something that needs to be done today or tomorrow? So if you go through your list and you um, look at this in task paper, it's really easy to put a tag of important and really easy to put a tag of due right onto these uh, tasks very rapidly. Or even when you create them, it's easy to do that. And then what Eisenhower did that was very clever is he then looked at the tasks resorted in four quadrants, with the premise being that the upper left-hand quadrant was the tasks that were marked both important and had a due date. And then the quadrant over to the right would be tasks that were not uh, important but did have a due date. In the lower uh, left-hand corner, they'd be tasks that are important but don't have a due date. And then the final quadrant in the lower right-hand corner would be tasks that don't have an importance and don't have a due date. But there's something that you do after you get all the other stuff done. And at first, I was saying, well, how could I work this, make this work with task paper? Because there are applications that are designed to use the Eisenhower matrix. So that's, that's an interesting thought that people have picked up on this. They think it's a good enough of a system to choose which tasks you're doing each day. But you have to use that program. And then I realized that I can open up duplicate versions, different, duplicate views of the same document in task paper. And using Apple scripts, I can reposition those four views into four quadrants in on the screen. And using Apple script inside uh, that you know works it has hooks into task paper, I can then tell it to search the appropriate tags for each of those four quadrants. And so I realize this is probably it sounds really complicated to everyone. But if you go to maestromacros.com, you can see a macro that I've created, and there's a little YouTube video there that will show you exactly what I did where basically it takes a look at all of your tasks, all of your projects, whether they're marked important or with a due date. And then when you hit the, the macro key, it makes that into four windows, each in the corner of the screen. 
all sorted the proper way. And then you just look at the quadrant in the upper left-hand corner and say, those are the tasks I'm working on right now. Yeah. And then you can go to the other panes as you finish those tasks. And I found that really, really useful. And that's why I brought those two picks together for our program today. If you have these tools that work together, they synergize really well with each other. It solves all these issues. You know, and if, if I find, let's say, another functionality or piece of uh, you know, programming that's not in task paper, boom, I'll go off try and build the macro in, you know, keyboard maestro. And if I have to, I'll go to JavaScript or Apple script to, you know, fill in the missing parts. And thus far, I've not found anything I couldn't do. Um, or, you know, it's often people will post macros that solve the problem for me. So, for example, there's this really clever guy who posted some macros that will add in the due date and today's date. And then you can increment the date or, you know, decrease the date just by typing particular keystroke. I've seen um, I'm before. trying before. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who came up with those macros and posted them on his website. I've, I don't know. I think I put it into a system that's automatic <laughs> or something like that. But if you search for it and find those macros, they're brilliant. And they tie into my little Eisenhower matrix really, really well. Except for they don't so, work with the current version of TaskPaper, do they? They must need to be updated then. Yeah. Hmm. Well, some, Perhaps somebody, something to mark into your task management system. <laughs> somebody did start to help me with that. And I think maybe in the forum somewhere there is. I honestly, Keyboard Maestro saved task paper for me because when he switched the scripting to the JavaScript. Yep. I, uh, it was a, a big learning curve. And yes. translating all my old scripts got to be um, tedious. Yes. So I actually do a lot of my automation in Keyboard Maestro instead of via the script calls from TaskPaper. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I use TaskPaper for all of my uh, code projects. I use OmniFocus for like my day-to-day -day errands and these are people I need to email kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. if it's a, well, like, so things that I plan to write on my blog, think, features I want to add to an application, uh, things that need to be done, uh, bug reports for a published application, things like that. I use mm -hmm. TaskPaper for all of those because those are just text files that I can sync with Git. Yep. And uh, and then there's TaskMater on the iPhone, and it uses a, the version of the Dropbox API where it can only access one folder, which gets frustrating. Uh, yes. And Dropbox doesn't allow you to use soft links like sim links uh, to sync things. So I have this whole crazy system where I, I put a tag at the very top of a file called at sync and then in parentheses, a file path. And hmm. it, it basically, I keep them all in the Dropbox folder that syncs to TaskMater. And then every time they update, Hazel will uh, overwrite the actual like existing file on my computer from the updated version from my iPhone. It's it's a ridiculous system. I wish it didn't have to exist, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, th this is one of the advantages of using task paper, which uses text files for its document format. Mm -hmm. You can do it whatever you want. You know, imagine if we didn't have TaskMater, which technically I don't use TaskMater. I, I like what the, the guy who's uh, picked up that app, because um, it originally was made by Hogbase Software, the guys who make TaskPaper. And um, he then stopped making it, but open sourced it. Right. And someone picked it up and, and is programming, and he's doing a good job, but I don't like some of the things he's chosen to do with the app. So um, 
I ended up uh, syncing through Dropbox with mine, except I'm using editorial to do all of sure. my editing. Yeah. Because it's a text file. Why not use a text editor? And editorial has enough you know, automation built into it that I went in and I found workflows that other people have posted. I've created my own workflows. And I could say, without getting into some of the crazy stuff that I do with Keyboard Maestro on the Mac, without including that, I can do 80 to 90% of everything that I do in task paper in editorial. And editorial works with Dropbox and switching folders yeah. really, really well. Yeah. Um, I am friends with the guy who writes Taskmator. So ah, cool. if you want to talk nerd to nerd with him about the decision making process, I can hook you up. Well, maybe we should look into that. It also Good. won't surprise you to hear that Jesse Grossjean was on this show a couple years ago. Um, and that was kind of a fascinating, like, I really wanted to talk to the nerd <laughs> who was making, what was the uh, right room? Yep. The text editor he had. Um, just someone who was so involved in text I needed to talk to. And it was it was fun. Um, oh, it's got to be amazing to talk to him about text. I, that seems to be his life. He, he, he digs into that stuff on a really deep level. He takes it as seriously as I do. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so th this show has gotten super nerdy. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, my next pick is going to break that streak. Um, Fair enough. This was suggested by Mark, and I'm going to say this name. I'm, I did not ask him how to pronounce it, but I'm going to say Mark Straczynski. That sounds like a Some, name. Sounds like a good one, yeah. Um, and he he posted this WorkSharp WSKTS knife and tool sharpener. So hmm. I had a pick a while ago that was just a small uh, like kitchen knife sharpener. And I love the thing. I still use it almost daily uh mm -hmm. it has like four different slots for different angles of blade and everything sure. this one though is like the full kind of like sanding belt uh tool sharpening kit for just 70 dollars. i'm actually really intrigued by it because i definitely am not going to use my little kitchen knife sharpener to sharpen anything in my toolbox sure so yeah i uh i will link this i can't speak to its effectiveness yet mm -hmm. do you does magic involve a lot of sharp knives <laughs> um well there are tricks that use pocket knives and of course on stage you can use knives um on uh, I, I without giving away huge secrets which this is something you would find out if you were in a play that used a knife often you want to create a knife for performance purposes that looks sharp but actually isn't and the purpose behind that is that you don't want to accidentally cut yourself or cut one of the other actors or performers, et cetera, when you're using the, the knife in performance. So there's a few tricks there where you want the knife to actually look like it's going to cut anything from a distance. But in, up close, you couldn't cut butter with it. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. That would have been my okay. common sense assumption. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, in magic, you don't normally have to, to use sharp knives um, in general. Okay, well, I don't know that this is good at making things look sharp without being sharp. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Fair enough. All right. Still sounds like a cool pick. I I am I'm going to buy this uh, when I have the uh, fluid cash to justify it. Mm -hmm. I I am highly intrigued. I've always wanted uh, like belt sander. I don't even own one of those. So, if I'm going to spend seventy bucks, this seems like a good way. 
Sure. And and if you've got knives that you want to be sharp, why not buy the right tool? I you know, do rather have than trying to do it to be you know, haphazardly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Excellent. So your last you know, this is this is one of the real challenge. I don't know if other people have thought about, you know, coming up with their own picks. There are so many things, you know, originally when I came up with my list that I sent you, it, I couldn't get it down to just three, you know, and that's a real challenge. You know, it, it, and to be honest, I'm grateful that I have so many cool picks in my life. And that brings me to the third pick. Gratitude. You know. Um, I realize that we've already had someone express an emotion or a feeling um, in the previous uh, pick. I think gratitude is a really important one. Um, when you express gratitude, it makes you feel good. If you express gratitude to the people that helped you to get to that place, that makes them feel good. And think about it. When's the last time that someone has told you, you know, something about your website or one of your applications that you've made or some script that you wrote and said, that's really made a difference in my life. Awesome. When you hear that and you feel that gratitude, that's amazing. And that's why it's my pick. Um, I don't I can't get really nerdy about it and go into in depth beyond it, beyond just saying Express gratitude to everyone that helps you in your life and express gratitude to yourself whenever you do something to someone else and or you just make yourself happy and it will make a difference in your life. So that's pick three, realizing that there's like 16 other things I really wanted to talk, put in the picks today. <laughs> I can tell you that um, and, and I won't ask about any experience you may have had with this because it's not relevant, um, but in 12 step programs. Uh, gratitude lists where you write down three things you're grateful for every day. Mm -hmm. uh, they, it is a tenant. It's like a pillar of the 12 step programs because expressing that gratitude and writing it down on paper changes your mindset immediately. Uh, mm -hmm. When you're forced to think about, okay, so this is crazy. My life is hell. But what am I grateful for? There must be something. And when you have to go looking for it, all of yep. a sudden you start seeing how many things aren't horrible for you. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 <laughs> it's therapy. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Well, it, it's not to dismiss therapy. I think even more important than therapy, it's an attitude that comes from your core. And if you approach things with an optimistic perspective, and in my mind, when you express gratitude, you are coaching yourself or giving yourself therapy to approach things from an optimistic perspective naturally. Yeah. And that makes a difference, you know, yeah. and and if you walk out of a situation with a smile on your face, regardless of what could be bad in the situation, it's going to make you feel better. And when you feel better, it's going to affect everyone around you. And imagine if we had a little chain reaction like that all around the world happening every day. That would make a difference. It so. would. That's, so, that's why gratitude is a pick. I, I would say that, like, I've often wondered when listening to, uh, like, really early 70s soul, mm -hmm. what would happen if certain songs were played around the world simultaneously? Hmm. I, that's a chain reaction I would love to see. Uh, time and Place. Uh, I, can't, I forgot his name now. He was, like, basically credited with beginning the soul movement. But, hmm. yeah, that stuff. Anyway, I'm Very grateful cool. for 70s soul. There you go. <laughs> the early I'm, stuff. I'm grateful anyway. for our picks. <laughs> <laughs> so my last pick comes from Chris Lott. 
And Chris Lott. It is. I, I don't know him personally, but okay. he's, he's sounds in, like a cool name though. It does, doesn't it? I walk mm-hmm. through. I walk my dog in a cemetery because. Uh, there's hardly ever anyone there and the groundskeepers there are very kind. Um, nice. I see some amazing names, uh, like names. I want to write a book just to use as character names mm-hmm. on these tombstones. Anyway. So the pick is uh, headspace, which has been yep. mentioned on the show before. And it is actually an app that I am a fan of. Um, so I will credit him with this, but I can't actually talk about it being, a very effective app for teaching you meditation and mindfulness and continuing to guide you. And it can focus on everything from sleep issues. There's even a headspace for kids mm-hmm. that, so I haven't, I haven't tried that one. I'm old and I don't have kids, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's a really well done app runs on a subscription price, uh, 30 day free trial. I, I would recommend this one if you're at all curious about meditation or if you're one of those people that says, I can't meditate. My mind's too busy. That's why you meditate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, people. Well, well, you know, the classic phrase is um, someone walks up to a Zen master and says, um, I just can't find the time to meditate. And he says, well, then you should meditate more. And then he says, well, I don't have any time to do that. Then you should sit down and meditate now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wholeheartedly back up your recommendation. And this is coming from a man who went to a Zen Buddhist uh, priest who studied with Sunru Shizuki. I did full day meditations with him. I went to a, uh, a group that did their meditations on a weekly basis. They And it was the full elaborate meditation. This is following processes. We did walking meditations, etc. And I left that group because I wasn't getting what I wanted from it. And then I tried the various apps to, to replace the functionality of the group. And I've tried every app out there. The one app out of all of them that resonates with me, that speaks to me, that I actually open up and use every day is Headspace. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy with that. I paid for the lifetime subscription. Yeah. I haven't done that. It's in my mind, if you're going to use it, you're going to save money in the long run. If you buy the lifetime subscription and when you make an investment like that, you also feel encouraged to use it. And as you mentioned, sometimes people feel that they're too busy to get in their meditation every day. If you've invested in the lifetime subscription, you're going to use it every single day. You know, it's, it's motivation (laughs) adds value to it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to jump backwards one step. Have you Mm -hmm. ever heard gratitude by the beastie boys? I've heard the beastie boys and I love a lot of their songs. I don't remember one that's specifically about gratitude. I believe it was on check your head and the, uh, it's very short lyrics. The last half of the main verse is, it's so free, this kind of feeling. It's like life. It's so appealing. When you've got so much to say, it's called gratitude. It, it was, I don't know, my high school band did a punk rock version of that song. It's always been a, it's got a great bass line, if nothing else, but yeah. Very cool. <laughs> well, now I've got to pull, pull that up as soon as we, we get off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you did have one extra pick. Yes. Well, um, 
given that a lot of people do have little time to invest in learning new things and reading books, um, there's someone that figured this out and came up with a service to help you read a book quickly. And basically what they do is they read the book, they summarize all of the important points into somewhere between five and 10 minutes. They turn that into a little audio file. And then if that becomes a popular file on their service, they also animate a video that, that, that uh, backs up the audio file. So you can basically get all of the pertinent points from a book in five to 10 minutes. And this is another service like Headspace that I believed in so much that I invested in a lifetime subscription. And as a way of them expressing gratitude to me as a customer who's invested you know, into that company, they've given me some accounts that I can give away that you can get the full service. This is not a limited trial. This is not something that they're trying to, to hook you into subscribing. If you subscribe after it's, you know, the, the, the version that I'm, I can give away is uh, done, you would, of course, pay. And I think it's well worth that money. But I can give away a number of accounts that are free for a year. And that means that every day you can go on and hear the, the new audio for a new book and it's mostly oriented towards business books or productivity books, but they are they do have others as well. And they're also starting up another service, which is a master class. And the premise behind the master class is they also do books, but they're get, bringing together people who can help you uh, provide accountability to learn the topics, to discuss the topics and dive really deep. And I can give away um, some free accounts for that as well. So if you're willing to do the hard uh, lifting on this and get people's names and email addresses and run sort of uh, some sort of contest to award them, I will give these away to the, our friends who are listening to the Systematic Podcast because that's my way of expressing gratitude to your podcast because I love listening to it all the time. All right. So I am I have not, as of this recording, set it up, but I will set it up at brettterpstra.com slash read it for me uh, without the dot that would be like the the website is read it for dot me if Correct. you go to brettterpstra.com slash read it for me um, there will be an entry form and all you have to do is enter a name and email do we need to ask a question um i think they try to customize the the topics to the person um, so I'll send you a list of items that if you, if you want to add it into the forum, you can and let people pick. However, though, if someone gets the account and, th and they log in, I think they can choose those settings themselves. So yeah. I don't think we have to do it. And if necessary, we'll just take name and email. And, uh, if we need more, we can, there's not going to be so many winners. We can't just contact them. Indeed. That'll work out. All right. Very cool. So let's see. Yeah. That was that was a perfect six plus one. It's, it, the bonus. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that we had the time to do this because the, <laughs> I'm just overflowing with with delightful things to talk about. You are fun. Um, where where can people <laughs> where can people find you? Um, well, the the web, various websites that we've mentioned earlier on. Um, they could, if they want to get in touch with me personally, there's always facebook.com uh, slash contact Jim. And then I have a really old Twitter account, but I, I still post things there. And that's twitter.com slash lector, as in Hannibal, L-E-C-T-E-R. <laughs> okay. Lector. All right. And I am Brett Terpstra. I am T.T. Scoff on Twitter and every imaginable social networking site. And you can find me at brettterpstra.com and also on Overtired, the podcast on ESN. 
Um, and you can follow Systematic uh, at Systemcast uh, on Twitter, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T, because who likes E's anyway? Uh, <laughs> and then you can also join the Slack community at signup.systemcast.net. Chat with uh, of listen, chat with listeners and guests. Those who decide to join, anyway, it's a fun place. Which is a great thing to do because when you had originally mentioned that you were looking for people to to come on to the Pick Podcast, I went to the Slack channel and connected with you there, which made it really really easy. So yeah, yeah, d- jump into the Slack community there. There are people that are that are great to talk to. Yeah, and fun conversations about mm-hmm. crazy random things, which. I guess you would expect from a podcast that's about crazy random things. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Jim. An honor and a pleasure, Brett. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you in a week. Bye.